Hello, everyone. I am Casey, and I am joined here with Dave, and we have a very special guest, Angelus Lane, here tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited for this. Uh, we went to the last Nova Pro show, and you, like, completely stole the show. Like, that match was incredible with Rachel. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I, uh, this, you know, I have a vendetta to settle, and that's just what I got to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that match was <laughs> intense. You were thrown all over the place, trash cans. <laughs> you got, like, big boo into a chair. Like, you guys killed it. Like, that was a great match. Thank you. I don't suggest being used as a bowling ball in trash can bowling because my side <laughs> had the biggest bruise on it for the next week and a half. But, I mean, Rachel got the best of me there. Yeah. You were the one to get the trash cans, to be fair. So, it's kind of your fault. Uh, kind of. But I didn't see that turning around against me. So, <laughs> got to think that through next time. But, uh, that was the that was the best match that only lasted 90 seconds that I've ever seen, <laughs> yeah. technically. I know. Bell and Bell, it was like a minute and a half. So I, I can say I beat Rachel Ellering in like a minute and a half. <laughs> That's a pretty impressive feat. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and, and you won it with this submission move that was like one of the coolest submissions I've ever seen. It was so cool. Thank you. <laughs> I actually... Uh, hooked that up I want to say back in like 2014 when I was out one of the times in that time frame that I was out injured um and I was watching a bunch of Japanese wrestling and they do a similar hook into a suplex which I've also done previously I actually did it in the match where I broke both my arms um I did it to Heidi Lovelace into the suplex from the submission and I just kind of got to thinking and I was like you know what that would be just a really unique and different submission that you don't see everywhere and I did it for the longest time, and then I broke both my arms, and I stopped using it altogether. I don't know why. Um, and then I thought of it the other day, and I was like, I'm going to bring it back. Yeah. I'm so glad so, you did. <laughs> are you still calling it, what, the angel lock? Or, or well, do you have, like, an official name for it? I like calling it the angel lock because uh, Leonard F. Chikaris had helped me name it years ago when I first came up with it and I didn't know what to call it. Uh, but I'm kind of on a hunt for a new name. It's not really, I, I don't really feel the Angelock anymore. So if people have ideas, people have given me some ideas, which I really like some of them. I haven't, I'm really picky and I haven't decided yet. So. Well, I know you wanted to name moves after your dog, right? I do. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> Got to get Bowser in there or some, somehow. I need to, I'm going to do like the, really long convoluted names like pop punk fans do. I need to name something like the princesses in the other castle for Bowser. It'd be great. I'm not going to do that. I would never do that to a commentary team. They would hate me. I would do it to Kevin Ford at Nova. Whatever. But I wouldn't do it to every commentator. So um, taking it back a little bit, um, you had, before you started wrestling, you had a background in cheerleading? I did. I was a competitive cheerleader. That's impressive. I feel like that's, like, really hard to do, but I'm very uncoordinated. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually, like, obviously, in, with my injury path, um, really clumsy, and 
obviously kind of injury prone. So when I told people, like when I told my parents and my family uh, that I wanted to be a competitive cheerleader, they didn't think I was serious. Um, but I was actually, I mean, I was a base. I just kind of threw the girls around and threw them in the air, you know, and did whatever. And I was really good at it. And I really enjoyed it. Um, as far as like the competition and stunting and all of that stuff went, uh, I hated actual like sideline steering at games, but we got to stunt on the sidelines too. So I was, I was all there for it, but, uh, I wasn't the most peppy like person as a teenager, but I really enjoyed like the athleticism of it all and like the competition and just, um, it was something different every day and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Did you go to like national competitions and all that? Um, so I grew up in Missouri, and for some reason, at least when I was in school and competing, uh, they didn't let our teams leave the state. Like, we couldn't go to nationals. We weren't allowed to. It was against our athletic commission. So my team got bids every year, and we weren't allowed to go. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Should have grew up in Texas. Probably would have. <laughs> now, uh, with the cheerleading... <laughs> If you you grew up in Texas, you probably would have been, like, national champion or something. Probably, yeah. (laughs) Did um, the cheerleading background help you at all during your wrestling training? Um, So, I actually trained to be a professional wrestler before I got into competitive cheerleading. I trained when I was 13 and 14 uh, in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, But I couldn't wrestle until I was 18 because of this, uh, again, legalities, the athletic commission, all of that. So I actually uh, did all of that and be wanted, knew I wanted to be a pro wrestler and took care of all of that a long time ago. When I actually started wrestling, I obviously did a bunch of refreshers and basically retrained. Um, but I cannot, for the life of me, do a leapfrog now in the ring because I'm so used to doing an eight-count with toe touches that it just doesn't happen. So it kind of like, it did help in a lot of aspects. Kind of screwed some stuff up too. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, but um, you mentioned that you started training at age thirteen. Was like, I just feel like that's so crazy because you're so young. Um, was it hard? Like, you must have been the youngest in your little group, right? Um, yeah, I was the youngest, and I was the only girl. It was basically it was me and my brother, who's three years older than me, and then my best friend who was four years older than me, and a bunch of age dudes. And my brother and his best friend both ended up quitting training. Um, and so then it was me and a, a couple of middle-aged guys. And then um, all the middle-aged guys quit. I'm the only person from my training class that went through with the whole thing from start to finish. Uh, so that was really bizarre, but it kind of, like, I was really stubborn, and I was also a really big tomboy, so it was one of those things that, like, I, I knew I was going to finish it no matter what, especially when people started dropping out. I was like, oh, well, I can be the only one that does this, and that'd be awesome. So it was kind of just, um, it was, I don't know, it was a mix of being really stubborn and a mix of, like, knowing that I that's what I wanted to do. Um, but it's really weird, despite being, like, 13 and 14 when I was in training, if I did something and got it quicker than, like, say, like, a 35-year-old guy did that was in training with me, he would get so mad. And, like, just any time we were in a drill after that where there was, like, some sort of physical contact, like, the guys would get, like, really rough with me. And I'm just like, I, I'm like, I'm a little kid. Like, this is so stupid. Like, I'm a little girl. 
and you're getting like hot about the fact that I'm more athletic than you when I'm supposed to be. <laughs> so, did anybody have a problem with you being that young? Um, sure. People would say like because I would go help out at local shows with my trainer, um, but like he again was very against like I couldn't be on the shows. I could do like I did ring crew and I did sound and I did stuff like that. But people would just be like. They would say like snarky little comments and I just wouldn't really let it get to me because nine times out of 10, they would like make the mistake of saying it to my trainer and he would defend me or he would like snap at them and be like, well, she's working harder than you. Um, it was, a, it was a bizarre situation, but it was fine overall. Like he looked after me really well. He was, I mean, he was basically a father figure for me and uh, he took really good care of me and I was never really concerned about being in that environment at that young of an age. So when was your first match? I was, oh my God, I don't know, I have to do basic math. It was in 2008. Um, well, I say it was in 2008. It was like probably in like 2006, but it was like a match and I didn't do anything after it and it was awful. Um, so like my first like indie match was probably in like 2006 in the middle of nowhere, Illinois. And I probably made like, $10, and I probably was terrible. Uh, but I, like, went, like, full-time on the circuit and started actually, like, trying, I would say, in around 2008. And that's when I actually got, like, consistent booking. Yeah, because I'm looking you up in Cage Match, um, and it says, like, 2010 is your first match listed there. So there's a bunch of matches I guess they're missing for the first two years. Do you think yeah, they're... I Go ahead, sorry. You think those matches are, like, anywhere, like, where anybody could watch them? Like, you think they exist anywhere? Were they taped? Uh, I honestly could not tell you. I, I don't remember. I mean, they probably were. I guarantee they didn't exist anywhere, because I guarantee the companies don't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, you say your first official match was in, like, 2008. Do you have any first match memories that, like, anything that stood out? Um, I remember at the time, oh my god, it's starting to rain. Um, I remember at the time, I thought it, like, that's when, uh, like, trying to just stand out and be bigger and better than everybody else and cooler, uh, and also be, like, I don't know, kind of dumb, and I thought it would be super cool if I knew how to do the Canadian Destroyer, so I used to do the Canadian Destroyer, and I remember in, like, my second or third match, on an actual, like, indie show that was the, like, that people paid to come see, uh, I gave another girl the Canadian Destroyer, and it was really, really bad and really, really painful when she landed on me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> How did you come up with your uh, ring name? Um, I actually had help from an ex that is, I don't know if he still is, I don't talk to him, I don't know anything about him. Uh, was super religious when we were together. He pitched me the name Angelus. And I'm pretty sure when he pitched it to me, it was supposed to be pronounced Angelus. Because um, it's from Catholicism. Yeah. And it was via text message. So I just took it and went with Angelus instead because I didn't want to do the whole like Angelus, Angel kind of thing. That just wasn't my vibe. But I liked the name and it was unique. And then I just, uh, I picked Lane because at the time I was a huge Dane fan and they actually have a song called Lane and spelled the same way. And I just kind of put the two together and I liked the way it sounded and I just kind of, it just kind of stuck because it was different and 
where I was at at the time, there weren't really any other females wrestling. Um, so it was just a way to kind of get my name out there and be different. And honestly, like, I've looked it up since then and, you know, know the origin and everything of it, but I just thought it was cool and it just sort of stuck and I just kind of grew with it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so the first time that I ever heard of you was when you had a sparkle match in Shimmer and you had a few of them. What was it like, you know, being brought in to Shimmer and wrestling a sparkle match? It was really, really nerve-wracking. I remember being absolutely terrified because I'd never been in an all-girl locker room, like an all-female locker room. I'd never actually even been around more than, like, one female wrestler at a time before going there. And I actually attended the the tapings before I did my sparkle match, I was actually there, and I helped out backstage, and I got, like, streamers out of the ring, and just kind of did all, of, like, the extra work that needed to be done just to kind of get my foot in the door and show face and show them that I wanted to be there. And then the, the set of tapings where I got offered my first sparkle match, I remember being even more intimidated because I was going to be, like, not obviously on the show because I wasn't on the shimmer tapings, but I was in that venue, I was getting to wrestle in that ring, I was getting to be a part of the Shimmer locker room, I just, I was so insanely nervous, and I feel like if it wasn't for Alice and Danger kind of, like, talking me off a ledge and calming me down and, like, helping me out, I probably would have lost my mind. <laughs> That's crazy. So, um, Alice and Danger, she's amazing, isn't she? <laughs> she's the best. <laughs> She's, I feel I feel like she's like the shimmer mom. Yes. <laughs> she very much is. She definitely takes care of us and, you know, makes sure that everyone's okay. And if anybody, you know, gets injured or, you know, busts a lip, busts a nose, anything, the, the moment there's any kind of sign of turmoil, uh, danger is right there to help and take care of whoever needs it. Yeah. So um, at Shimmer, you finally made your main roster debut, I guess you could call it, at Volume 52 against Casey Spinelli. Uh, how did that feel, finally, like, actually debuting on a Shimmer taping? Um, I was really excited. I was, like, over the moon uh, when they told me that I was, you know, I was going to debut. I was, you know, I was on Volume 52, and I was really excited to get in the ring with Casey Spinelli because her and I had been friends for a few years at that point, and I, um, I was just kind of pumped for the whole the atmosphere and just kind of working my way up to that spot and feeling like I kind of, you know, I finally earned it and got the chance that I'd been fighting for it for so long. Now, I was looking up your, like, your early career. You wrestled mischief a ton in the, all over I the did. Midwest. Yeah, so that had to be pretty cool, you know, because she's, I, I mean, I look at her as, like, I mean, especially that early shimmer time, like, she was, like, one of the best in the country at that point. Uh, she was. And the first chance that I, you know, when, I think the first match I ever had against Mischief, if I remember correctly, was at AAW. Um, and when Danny contacted me and asked me if I wanted the match, I was like, uh, yeah, absolutely, sure. And I love that match still to this day. It's one of, like the, like, the most fun times I feel like I've had in the ring. Um. And then I just kept getting the opportunity to wrestle her again and again and again. And, and I learned so much from her. And like you said, she was like the best in the country uh, at the time. And she had everything going. And it was amazing to get to, to work with her and get her feedback and pick her brain and just get to learn from her and kind of 
develop because I feel like that that was a really crucial time as far as what I was going to do in my career and what I was learning and where I was going as far as getting my name out there and and uh, letting people realize that I was like on the scene. Yeah, definitely. And you faced some pretty big names across the Midwest. Nevea, one of them. You got to wrestle Rachel Summerlin, and then in you even wrestled. Uh, Sarah Logan, who was known as Mary Dobson on the indies a little as well. What was it like wrestling with some of those girls? I've learned a lot from all of them. Um, I mean, I wrestled like so with Sarah Logan a, a couple times, and that was, and every time it was, it was a different experience. And I, the first match we'd had together was right after she got back from her first tour of Japan. So it was really cool to see because I've seen her. Uh, when she was training, and then we did, she, I attended a Christmas Hero seminar that she had, did, like, she participated in. Uh, I had a broken leg at the time, so Hero just let me come and kind of watch and ask questions and kind of take everything in, um, since I couldn't participate. And it was cool to see her go from the girl that I met at the Chris Hero seminar to then the wrestling her when she returned from Japan the first time. And then I think, I think it was 2014 or 2015, maybe I even tweeted that she was going to be signed by the end of that year. Like I, like just seeing her grow was amazing. And honestly, uh, my match with Rachel Summerlin that I had at St. Louis Anarchy in December of 2012, I feel like is probably one of the bigger turning points of me kind of like learning and growing as a wrestler. Um, because in, you know, early, earlier in 2012, I had a tag match. It was Rachel and I versus Athena and a girl that wrestled in the era named Serenity. And I did so bad in that match. It was, it was awful. I was so embarrassed of myself. And then to get the opportunity then later that year at St. Louis Anarchy to wrestle Rachel one-on-one and be told, you know, I come, it was like a night and day difference. I come so far. It was awesome, and that really, I think, was a big confidence boost that I was moving in the right direction. And, like, from that point forward, I, I went to Rachel for advice. I talked to her, I, you know, the monthly when we were on shows together. Um, I sent her matches to critique. She was, she was a really big help as far as building my confidence in the ring and, and kind of um, adapting to being kind of a, I say bigger, but, like, a bigger built girl. Like, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit wider. I'm a little bit taller. Uh, so it was it was cool to have a reference to go to to be like, hey, I used to do this, but I feel like this doesn't make sense. So what can I do instead, and and kind of develop myself from there. I feel like Rachel Summerlin is kind of forgotten about in today's uh, scene, yeah. but she was really really good. She was really good, and I mean, even when she stopped wrestling and I was wrestling in Texas all the time, she would still come to shows and. I would still pick her brain and she would watch my matches and help me out. I mean, that's, this was, you know, even as far as like 2015 when I was in Texas all the time. And it was, she was a, a huge resource. And I, it's sad to see like the next generation of like female wrestlers don't get to pick someone like, or don't get to pick Rachel's brain specifically, but they're going to have so many good resources that they will get to tap into. Right. She's amazing. And speaking of Rachel Summerlin, um, she's most known for, you know, ACW, and you got to be in ACW's Queen of Queens tournament a few years ago, and you faced Leva Bates. How was that experience? It was a lot of fun. Um, I, 
had never been in Texas before to wrestle. Um, the whole weekend was kind of a, it was a bunch of everything going on. I got to be in a movie the night before, like filmed to be in a movie the night before. And then I got to wrestle Leva the next day, which was a blast. Um, working with Leva was a lot of fun. And it was cool to be in such a, a high profile tournament and, um, and just kind of get that opportunity. And even going into the tournament, I, you know, I talked to the other girls in the tournament. I, you know, talked to Athena. I talked to Rachel, people that had done the tournament in years prior as well, to kind of get an idea of what even just wrestling in Austin was like. And the whole experience was, it was a blast. Um, it was really hot, but I wouldn't have traded it for the world. <laughs> yeah. Outside venues. <laughs> yeah, outside venue in Texas. <laughs> And, um, and you also got, the, I mean, you, you, you've been pretty much everywhere in the Midwest. Uh, you also got to work at AIW, a few girls' nights, uh, girl night out shows. Um, I, I was there for all of those. That was pretty good. I mean, that, that's another, like, all-women locker room that has a ton of talent. Yeah, I was really, uh, I was really fortunate to get the opportunity to even debut at Girls' Night Out. Um, there was basically a last-minute cancellation, and I got the spot um, just through word of mouth going to John Thorne and um, Chris Bryant. Yeah. AIW is amazing, and the Girl Night Out shows are always incredible, I think. And I always feel like it, the girls, like, really bring it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it, it's just almost as much, you just have to perform like you're performing at Shimmer there. I mean, you have to do everything and make sure that, you know, your name stands out. Uh, and it's, it's an amazing environment. Everyone's super uplifting. Everyone's super helpful. Uh, AIW in general is a great environment, and I wish I got to be there more. Uh, it's just, unfortunately, scheduling and conflict, you know, just with any other booking kind of makes it a little bit harder. But I was super thankful for the opportunity, and even the month I debuted for AIW at Girls Night Out, I got to come back in the same month and wrestle at Scotland for the gold. Um, it was great. Like I, I would do any Girls Night Out show or any AIW show that I, you know, that I could attend if possible. Yeah, and you even got to wrestle um, NXT's Aaliyah at AIW Girls Night Out. Um, I did. Yeah. Uh, how was it being in the ring with her when she was? so new in her career honestly i really enjoyed that match it was a lot of fun um she was fun to work with it was i mean we told i feel like we told a pretty good story and it was just she was super easy to work with and i think overall the match was great um i don't have a negative thing to say about it there's, I still will post some pictures from that match and be like, man, I missed this. Like, let's do this again. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But uh, I, I loved it. And when I got told that that was one of the matches I was having, I was, I was all about it. I was just like, yeah, let's do it. Like, there's so many, like, little guy, big guy things that we could do. And, like, just I feel like we had really good chemistry and worked well together in the ring as well. Yeah. Did it, did, it must have felt cool to be, like, the vet, you know, kind of guiding the young lion kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, I just kind of asked her, like, hey, what do you what do you want to do? And, cause, like, together we put everything, you know, we, we put that match together and we put it on and, you know, made it what it was. 
Um, but I don't know. I've never really done the, all right, kid, you're going to listen to me thing because I would rather, I, I've had that done to me so many times, but I, I don't want to like stifle anyone's creativity or like take an opportunity away from somebody or make them feel like they can't, um, perform the way they want to perform or put in what they want to put in. Like, I don't want anybody to feel like I'm just going to shoot everything down. So I don't know. I feel like it's, it's nice to be like, yeah, you know, I've been doing this longer. That's cool. Um, maybe instead of this, we can do this. But at the same time, it's, I would rather somebody be really comfortable talking to me and expressing their ideas and their opinions than rather feel like I'm just going to come in and dominate everything. And you also wrestled Kelly Klein for AIW. <laughs> how, I did. How was that experience wrestling her? It was. It was kind of just a, a female hot battle. Um, it was. It was fun. I hadn't been at AIW for. I want to say like at least a year. Uh, quite a few girls that out taping had gone by before <laughs> I came back. Because um, I was, I think, eighteen. And I think the last one I was on was 14. So, I mean, there was a couple in between there. Um, so it was, that was kind of just getting my, my groove back in the scene from taking some time off. And uh, it was it was interesting. I, I didn't know how I would be welcomed back or if I would be welcomed back by the AIW crowd. And it was, it was kind of a surreal experience to go out there and um, go from being, you know, somebody that they love to boo to being somebody that they just, Kind of, I felt like lost their minds that I was there, and it was it was just cool. It was fun to be back, and uh, I had a fun little match, and I feel like we worked well together, and I would definitely do it again. Yeah, I remember watching that match and really liking it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. All right, I want to transition back to Texas. Now, I think <laughs> if anybody knows who you are, I think they probably know you best from Inspire Pro, and you're... I Good. I would say that's safe to say, yeah. Yeah. And specifically, one match, and I think you know the match I'm going to talk about, your street, yeah, your street fight with Delilah Doom. I feel like she owes you, you like, I feel like that kind of made her career. It made both your careers in a way, but, like, I had no idea who Delilah Doom was before that, and now because of her feud with you, like, every a lot of people now know who she is. So I feel like she owes you a little bit, but um, I just th that that match was really really emotional. I remember you, that match basically at one point you you basically after that match kind of stepped away, right, from wrestling for a while. Um, yeah, I I definitely took some time off after that match. Um, I felt it was time and it was kind of needed for me and my health and my career if I, if I wanted to continue to have one. Um. But yeah, that was, I love that match. That's probably my favorite match of my wrestling career, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a great yeah. match. <laughs> I mean, and speaking of it, you've had, I mean, there's no easy way to transition this, but you've had a lot of injuries over the yeah. years. Yeah. I mean, you, what, you, you had ankle injuries, you broke both your wrists in a match, and you've had concussions. I mean, yeah, I, I don't have very good luck, I would say, when it comes to being injured. Um, I mean, I do now. It's been two and a half years since I broke my ankle. Um, but there was definitely a time span where I just couldn't catch 
I mean, I caught plenty of breaks, but I didn't have any luck, I would say. Um, I was out for post-concussion syndrome at the end of 2013. I took several months off to kind of relax and get better and, and just kind of focus on getting myself right. And then I came back and I wrestled for not even six months. And I broke both my arms in a match on a suicide dive. And then I was out for a good chunk of 2014 with that because that happened in May. And then uh, when I debuted at Inspire Pro in February of 2015, I broke my ankle. So it was everything just kind of snowballed within not even two years of time that it was just, I was there and I was out and I was there and I was out. And it was just very nerve wracking and very taxing on my emotions and my mental health and my physical health. And it was a, an ordeal. Yeah, I can imagine. All of that, all I mean, times, that's crazy. just, I mean, how many times, I mean, after every injury, I, I have to assume there's that thought in your head is like, is it really worth it? But you kept coming back every single time. Um, I honestly thought when I broke both my arms that I wasn't going to come back uh, because I didn't know what kind of physical limitations I would have as well as, like, it really really mess with me because I mean I lost like I couldn't go to work at a normal job I couldn't I mean I still did I had a, a like a normal job at the time but luckily it was just like a little retail job that didn't really I could get around being in cash basically um and it was just it was a lot to deal with at the time and it put a lot of stress on the relationship I was in at the time um luckily I had a pretty good support system. Uh, my best friend stepped up and took amazing care of me. Uh, she was actually the one that took me to the emergency room and then brought me home and got me McDonald's breakfast and fed it to me. <laughs> and it was, I don't know, that was like the deciding moment of our relationship. Um, but it was just, I don't know. I really didn't think I was going to come back. And then when I turned around and started to get some steam again and broke my ankle, everyone was just like, you just need to stop. Like, my family told me to quit. My friends told me to quit. Like, everyone was just like, you just need to just back off and leave it alone. I guess the only super good thing um, as far as that street fight goes, uh, obviously I took some really stupid risks in that match. Um, and, it, I mean, it paid off for the match, for the story, for Delilah Doom. Um, I didn't get seriously injured which everyone was super surprised about. I'm pretty sure everyone thought my insides were mush when I stood up after going through that table. I thought my insides were mush. Um, I don't know. There's been plenty of times where I thought I was just going to be done and I was going to walk away. And I, I considered it after that street fight because if I was going to go out, I felt like that was a really good match to go out on top with. Um, but I just something. I guess I'm just stubborn or I'm stupid, but I, I'm not done yet. Like There's still so much more I want to do in wrestling that I haven't, I guess, suffered an injury bad enough to make me be like, okay, well, I'm going to go live my, my normal life and not put spandex on ever again. Yeah, I feel like you've got enough injuries now to last you like two or three lifetimes, so you're good. Yeah, I mean, like, I let's just hope it doesn't happen again. Yeah. I mean, you did give yourself the nickname Indi Indestructible. So, I mean, I, I guess you... I, mean, I feel like I earned it. <laughs> yeah. I keep coming back. Now, after that match, at the time, you were like, let's be honest, you were hated by that crowd, right? You were oh, not God. a good person. So after that match, they gave you pretty much 
you know, they're all on their feet clapping, chanting for you, thanking you. That had to be a hell of a feeling. Uh, it was amazing, and it was super overwhelming. Um, there's actually photographs from post-match that, I mean, I've, they've been posted online. I've posted on Instagram. I'm actually uh, crying after the match because of the outpouring of support and the outpouring of love. And I think there was at least a little bit of it that I was super excited I didn't die. Um, and it was, it was a really overwhelming moment. And for everything that I spent nine months giving – to that Austin crowd, all of the crap, all of the the torment I put Delilah Doom through, for all of that to kind of culminate into that one beautiful moment, I I wish I could have lived in that moment forever. It was amazing. Um, and at the time, it was so overwhelming. I didn't even really feel how awful my body felt. Um, but yeah, I was. I mean, they literally brought me to tears. It was something that I felt like I worked my entire career for was to just get that moment. And that's why I was like, almost debating on just leaving wrestling like that was going to be my moment um but i again i wasn't done like there was something inside of me that's just not done yet have you wrestled delilah simpson i have not oh. that needs to happen yeah that'd be a great match we made up i mean i saved her from getting jumped at an inspired pro show by um lady luck and alley cat and uh she didn't want my help at the time and then we just kind of hugged it out and made up um but that's that was actually the last time I believe I was at Inspire Pro. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean. You, for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even a tag team, it sounds like it would be a pretty good idea. Someone should get on love, that. I would love to wrestle Delilah again, especially with where she's at her career now. I mean, she's on fire right now. Like, she's everywhere. She's wrestling some of the most talented women across the country. I would love to get in the ring with her again and just you know, have another match, but at the same time, like you said, I would love to tag with her. I mean, she is one of my best friends in wrestling because of everything we went through together. And, uh, I mean, we have amazing chemistry together and she's great. She's so talented and I will be surprised again. It's almost like a, a Sarah Logan prediction. I'll be surprised if she doesn't get signed or picked up super soon. Yeah, I agree. She's come so far. She's grown so much. From when I met her, to what, like when I started picking on her at Inspire to where she's at now, it is a dramatic like night and day difference. She has grown tenfold as a performer and as a wrestler, and I mean, what's not to love about her? She's fantastic. Right, I agree. <laughs> on a separate note, though, I want to say because I was watching some promos from you know that feud and stuff. I really liked your uh, your hair during that. I know it's kind of an odd thing to say, but like your like the shaved head with the blonde. I thought that was a really really good look for you. Just want to say that. Thank you. I I really enjoyed it, but I just have so much upkeep. <laughs> like my hair was so fried for so long, and it was just I had the mohawk for almost five years before I finally decided to grow it out. So it was just, it was just kind of time to transition back to the red hair and the longer hair. And, I mean, it was fun while it lasted. I look back at pictures and I'm like, man, I wish I could pull that off again. But I've already come so far in the grow-out process that I don't want to go back. <laughs> Your hair looks good. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, switching things up a little, um, you returned to WSU after a few years when you wrestled Renee Michelle at the 10th anniversary show. How was it returning? And, you know, I feel like this WSU's 
so different from WSU when you were wrestling there in 2014? Um, I was super excited to get the opportunity to come back. And it was, again, I just kind of got lucky as far as someone canceled last minute. And the promoters hit me up and they asked me if I could make it. And I have a series of phone calls, connecting with the right people, uh, connecting, you know, with, like, getting a hold of Dave Chris in Ohio, asking if there was room in the Ohio cars. And I, I mean, I was going to make it happen. I was going to travel wherever I needed to travel to meet up to get there. And I was super fortunate that they asked me if I would want the opportunity to come back. And I was just, I mean, I was pumped from the word go. It was basically from the time that they hit me up and asked me if I wanted to make it, it was not even, I want to say, three hours before I had my trans figured out and where I was going to go, who I was going to meet, how I was going to get there. Um, it was a lot of fun, and I was really glad to get the opportunity, and I hope that the opportunity, again, presents itself for me to, to continue coming back on a regular basis. Me too. Yeah. That was a really on, on, a, on a selfish note, I just hope you get back to the Northeast more because, you, you know, other than WSU, I mean, you're at Nova Pro, but you, you just don't seem to work a lot of the Northeast. And, you know, since I live up here, it'd be nice, you know. <laughs> I would love to be in the Northeast more. I, I would absolutely love to. I enjoy the East Coast. I did Pro Wrestling Magic in February of this year, and um, I would love to go back there. I had a really good match with Jordan Grace there, and, I mean, Jordan Grace is the champion there now, so... I would love to challenge her for her title. They have a great women's division. I mean, Rachel Allerling works there. Um, Tara Calloway works there. Sonia Strong. So it would be great just to even go back there and be, you know, in the New Jersey area again. Um, I haven't had much exposure in the, you know, the Northeast area, but I'm always willing to travel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we've talked at shows. You, you have some really long car rides to some of these shows. My car rides to Austin were... 16 to 17 hours one way and I did like the first three of that by myself so I made like met with the St. Louis guys and then there were times where I did the Austin road trip from where I lived in Michigan so I mean being in the car and traveling doesn't bother me at this point I'm so used to it oh my goodness (laughs) do you have have any like crazy like road stories or anything that happened (laughs) on this trip um the time that I did the Austin trip from Michigan it was I think it was supposed to be like a 20-hour trip, 20 or 21 hours, I feel like. And Donovan Danhausen went with me because he was debuting for Inspire Pro at their, their show that weekend. And I had a show in Houston the Saturday. Like, Inspire runs on Sundays. I had a show in Houston on Saturday. So we left, I want to say Friday, Friday evening, maybe, and headed down, like, started the trip down to Austin. And everything was really good, and it was going fine. And I, it's really hard for me to sleep in cars, which you think it wouldn't be because I'm so used to traveling. Um, but I finally fell asleep, and I was asleep for maybe 10 minutes, and we, like, blew a tire. And I say blew a tire, I mean, like, not just, like, we popped a tire. Like, it, like, blew off the rim, basically. And our 20-hour one-way excursion turned into, like, a 34-hour adventure. I didn't make my booking on Saturday. Um, it was it was a nightmare, and luckily we got to Austin, we got where we were staying, and someone um, that worked for Inspire at the time on, like, the backstage stuff met us at the promoter's house that we were sleeping at and brought us in and out Burger, and it was amazing. <laughs> but it definitely was a nightmare of a trip. <laughs> oh, my goodness, that sounds intense. 
So what? I, I'm just curious. Like, if you're doing that kind of a trip alone, like, what do you do to keep yourself sane? Like, is it just listen to the radio? Do you have like an iPod or something? Or um, I have an iPod that has a ridiculous amount of music on it. Um, I want to say like over thirty thousand songs, and I, I'm a music junkie anyway, so that helps. Um, what kind of stuff? Uh, I'm a huge pop punk fan, but I also listen to like everything. Like I have a very eclectic taste in music, so there's probably a little bit of everything on my iPod. To be honest with you, you probably have um, I do a lot of uh, like social media perusing if I'm not driving. Um, I there always hits that like time in the car where you just kind of get really weird and do and say ridiculous stuff to keep yourself awake or keep the person you're traveling with awake. Um, so it's just. I don't know. It's just kind of one of those you go through cycles of like I'm just gonna listen to music, or I'm we're gonna talk about wrestling, or uh, if I'm traveling for a substantial amount of time by myself, I call people and I will talk to people on the phone. And I hate talking on the phone, but I'm like, hey guys, I'm sorry, we have to do this. Like, <laughs> we're gonna talk about life now. Yeah, anything to keep you awake, right? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Insane, awake, insane. <laughs> So, um, I'm just curious, like, is there any good road food that, like, 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 I live in Philly, so we have Wawa all over the place. I'm just curious, is there any, like, one place you always want to stop at when you're on these trips? Um, if I'm in the area, in, like, the, I want to say, like, the Missouri, Arkansas-ish area, um, I always want to stop at Quick Trip, but I also grew up in Kansas City, so I'm, like, super used to Quick Trip, and they've also all been remodeled, so they're very, like, Wawa and Sheets-esque, um, but I I always want to stop at Sheets. I know that's, like, super anti-Wawa. Yeah. I always want to stop at Quick Trip. <laughs> Sheets versus Wawa is, like, you know, New York Yankees versus Boston Red Sox. I mean, it's just, like, you, you have to pick a side. And, <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, transitioning back to wrestling a little bit uh, <laughs> we we talked about nova pro in the beginning but you're on quite the streak in nova pro i mean you've defeated penelope you've defeated jordan and rachel ellering at the latest show uh, what do you think of you know all the competition that you've had so far and what are your goals in nova pro as far as the competition that I've already had, I've been given some really great opponents. And, I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from them. I think it's unfortunate the situation that Nova Pro puts them in as far as using them as kind of a distraction to, against me to try and, like, basically knock me out of the company, I feel like, because of the vendetta I have against Nova Pro. Um, but, I mean, I would, I would wrestle any of those girls again any day of the week. I mean... I loved it. I love the competition, and I'm not going to take anything away from them as far as, I mean, I, I won. I defeated them, um, but uh, there's also that bit of rage and that bit of fire that goes into it as far as proving Nova Pro management wrong and proving that they made a mistake um, by screwing me over initially. Uh, as far as my goal for the company, it's, I mean, I tweet about it all the time. I'm, I'm just going to burn the company to the ground. That's all there is to it. That's a great goal. <laughs> <laughs> just fight, like just set Virginia on fire. It's fine. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I would love to just continue to, to prove my dominance and kind of, you know, prove that I am not 
to be taken lightly. Yeah, definitely. I feel, yeah, I feel like Nova Pro is kind of your home now. Like, that's like, where, like, if I associate you with any one company, I feel like it's Nova Pro. Nova Pro, I feel like it's my most consistent booking right now, and I feel like it's the place that I'm doing um, the most storyline-wise, so I feel like that's, that's probably, I mean, it, it was the same as when I was at Inspire all the time. That's where people said was, you know, my home at the time, and that's where, you know, I'm doing the most, and I'm, I feel like getting the most exposure at, so I definitely understand why uh, Nova Pro looks like it's my home company right now. So, so what, what is your gripe with Nova Pro? Let me, I just want to understand this. Is because they didn't book you for that one show and you had to uh, basically crash? My, my gripe is that they did book me. And tickets saying I was going to be there and then canceled me via text message two days before. Ah. And then didn't tell going to be there. So. Ah, that's great. Yeah, that's legit. One other question I want, I want to ask you, because you've done this a lot in your career. You've done a lot of intergender stuff. Yes. I'm just curious what your thoughts on that, because there's, you know, there's a pretty big side where people just don't like it at all. But I think, you know, I, I mean, I'm on the side where I like it's like, in wrestling, you know, you got to suspend your disbelief, so you, you just can't look at genders at all, and you just look at, you know, one person versus another. I mean, you've wrestled some really cool guys in your career. I mean, that match with Keith Lee was pretty awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, obviously, I do it all the time. I love intergender wrestling. Um, I don't see anything, I personally don't see anything wrong with it. However, I have had matches with guys who weren't fans of it, and then it was like a one-and-done thing, like they would never have another intergender match, and it wasn't because of our match, it wasn't because of anything that happened, it's just, some, I mean, there are guys in the, in the wrestling that have, you know, they were raised with the beliefs that you can't hit a woman, and it bothers them to be put in that situation, and I, that's completely understandable, I don't tell anybody who's anti-intergender wrestling that they're wrong, because, I, I don't want them to tell me that being pro-intergender wrestling is wrong. It's it's an opinion, and it's, you know, whatever you find to be entertaining. Um, like you said, that match I had with Keith Lee was great. I had so much fun, and everyone, there were a lot of naysayers about that match um, going into it, and even while it was going on, and that's fine. Like I said, I'm not going to tell anybody that they're wrong. Um, I just feel like it's... It's just like any genre of music, or it's just like any genre of film. It's whatever you find to be entertaining. And some people don't find it entertaining, and like you said, they can't suspend their disbelief to find it entertaining. Um, but 90% of the girls on the wrestling scene today are trained just like a man would be. So we're out there, we're doing all the same training, we're taking all the same bumps, we're learning all the same moves. Um, so there's no reason that we can't go toe-to-toe with a male counterpart. Like, we can we can do the same stuff. I mean, obviously, there's physical differences, uh, whether it be what you can lift as far as weights go or height or weight, any of that. But, I mean, I wouldn't even say it's like the anything you can do, I can do better thing. It's just I was trained to wrestle like a guy, and that's how I, I perform in the ring, whether I'm with a male or a female. And I don't, I don't think that it should really matter... I mean, I understand why people find it taboo. I understand why they don't do it in the WWE. 
Um, and like I said, I don't push what I want to do on anybody. I, I even tagged with a guy in an intergender match that that was a one and done thing for him. Like he was very respectful about it. He explained his side to me. He didn't want me to think that, you know, I had done anything wrong. It was just not for him. Um, and that's fine. I just, I love when I do it. I have so much fun doing it. I mean, I wrestled at St. Louis Anarchy for years, uh, like four and a half years before the company, um, became NWL St. Louis. And that's predominantly what I did there. In my four years there, I had four women's matches. Um, granted, they were amazing women's matches. I got to wrestle Candice LeRae. I got to wrestle Jessica Havoc. I got to wrestle Rachel Summerlin. And I got to do an intergender tag um, with Heidi Lovelace on it. And, but, like, that's what I did there. Like, I wrestled guys. Like, that was my thing. And um, it was really accepted there. The crowd loved it. They, they enjoyed, like, I mean, I had a feud with Darren Corbin there. Like, they were all for it. Um, I just think it just depends on what you want to watch, and some people are very anti it, and that's okay too, because there have been some really bad intergender matches, so I kind of, you know, I understand, like, just like with any genre of wrestling as well, there's going to be the good and the bad, and sometimes people just want to focus on the bad that comes with it. That's true, that's true. My trainer actually is very anti-intergender wrestling, um... So I'm I'm surprised I haven't gotten earful about that. But I mean, he's supportive of what I do. So it, like I said, if someone I mean, if someone like him can be super anti-intergender wrestling, but you know, be super thrilled about what I'm doing in my career, then I just feel like everyone should just accept it and let everyone enjoy what they enjoy. Right. And I feel I feel like intergender opens up a whole new world of opponents for you. And it like, really does. <laughs> I mean, it's just, and, and like, and there's a lot of regions, especially in the Midwest, I can imagine, like, a lot of companies, like, if you're a girl there, you might not have another girl to wrestle for a while, so it's like, you gotta do something, so it's, it kind of almost becomes a, like, a necessity. It really, I mean, it really is that way, too, and like, when I started wrestling a lot, um, like, shortly after I debuted, there were really only male opponents out there where I lived at the time in the Midwest. I, I mean, I lived in Iowa, and there was, like, three other girls, and they were all the way across the state. And going across the state, Iowa, is like, four and a half hours. Like, it's not just, like, a, oh, two hours, and you're across there. Um, so to actually get people to invest in women's wrestling at the time, it was impossible, almost. So companies that were like, yeah, we're going to use you, we're going to use you, we're going to use you, we just have to get a girl, finally just broke down, and we're like, we're going to use you, and you're just wrestling a guy. And it's like, you know what, that's fine. Like, I'm super used to it already, I trained with guys, like, let's just do it. And I think um, once they saw that it wasn't, like, unbelievable, or it wasn't a bad match, that it was, it started, like, slowly becoming more acceptable. And then you had women across the country like Candice LeRae going out there and tearing it up in intergender matches nightly almost it seemed like and proving that like it's it's okay to do and fans want to see it and if there's a small fraction of the fans that are going to be in attendance at one show that aren't going to want to see it and but they're not going to leave I mean they're going to stick it out because what will they bitch about on social media if they don't you know like it's I, I think it opens a lot of doors and like you said it opens up a lot of opponents and if I, you know, I sat down at one point when the whole Cody Rhodes list thing was going on, I was like, man, if I made a list, who would be on it? There were a lot of guys on it, and I'm just like, okay, like, I'm fine with it. I know a lot of people wouldn't be, but I, like, like I said, I got the opportunity to wrestle Keith Lee, and that was a, a match that I wanted so badly, and if it wasn't for Inspire, that match probably would have never happened. And with Lucha Underground being a huge thing now, do you think that helps 
the more mainstream crowd be more accepting of intergender? I definitely think that it does. I mean, they're, they definitely don't shy away from it, and they make it very normal and regular on their, their product. I think that uh, that absolutely helps. Um, I just, I mean, I definitely don't see it ever becoming a thing as far as, like, the WWE goes or, you know, like, TNA goes. But it's it's definitely become, they've, they've made it a little more normal and a little more presentable in wrestling. Definitely. I, yeah, I want to talk about, one of the, I found that you had at St. Louis, I want to talk, I, the Candice LeRae match, I remember you were, I think, like, almost politics. Like politicking for that match for a while, if I remember correctly, that was like a dream match you had, right? <laughs> yeah, it absolutely was. Um, <laughs> I, it actually just sort of worked out that they actually ended up approaching me with it. I I was like, man, I would really love to work Candice. Like, she's a great person. She's an amazing wrestler. Um, and that actually was at the end of 2014, after, right after I'd come back from my wrist injury. And they were like, hey, uh, we're going to do this match. Do, are you in? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was kind of nervous to even have it because, like I said, I had just come back from my wrist injury. And I was like, man, am I going to be able to go? Like, am I going to be able to, like, make it a good match? And it was great. I loved it. I mean, I enjoyed working with her. And I absolutely would love to work with Candice again. Yeah. That'd be an awesome match to see again. Absolutely. I, I, well, we should make that happen somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> do, do a whole loop of that, like, in every promotion, you know? Yes. There we go. <laughs> we'll tweet all the promoters. <laughs> yeah, just every company. <laughs> yes. So you've done a lot in your career, but what are some goals you have that you want to accomplish in the next few years? I want to continue this not being injured thing. That's that's awesome. Um, I would be great if I never broke another bone. Uh, I don't know if that's really like a goal, but that's it's a goal for me. Um, as far as like actually wrestling goes, I just want to I just want to keep going. I want to get my name out there. I want to go everywhere. I mean, I haven't been to the West Coast yet. I would love to go wrestle on the West Coast. There's so many good promotions out there. Um, I mean, Sabotage is, you know, just getting some some footing out there. They've been in Texas. They've been in California. AWS has regular, you know, female shows, and they have intergender wrestling every once in a while. Um, you know, there's there's even a Future Superstars of Wrestling in Las Vegas. I would love to, to make it out there. Um, I just kind of want to go anywhere and everywhere. I would love to go overseas. Uh, I would love to make it to Japan. I would love to make it to Germany. Um and obviously, it would be nice to get a tryout. It would be nice to be looked at um, yeah. and get to go work out at the performance center. I just kind of, I just kind of keep my options open. I'm kind of in this kind of go with the flow, take it as it comes kind of thing. I mean, I obviously have my goals and things that I would like to see myself do and I would like to accomplish, but I'm not really. I'm trying not to like stress out about stuff. I just the the more it naturally happens and just you know letting it happen in a positive manner is kind of my my current mindset as far as my career goes and I, I feel like internationally like there's so many possibilities there with you like if you did a tour of europe i mean there's tony storm there's jenny there's oh. just a bunch of girls that i think yes. you work really well with i would love to wrestle tony storm i enjoy her so much she's so talented but like you said there's so many girls that are super talented i would love to uh be on like a loop with Kaylee Ray. Uh, I adore her, and I enjoyed when she lived with me for like a week and a half um, when she came over the first time. 
and it was just, I mean, she's a great person, and she's an amazing athlete, and I would love to get the opportunity to wrestle her internationally, Um, but yeah, there's just so many talented women across the world that it would be, it would be great to just, like I said, Germany or Europe or Japan, anywhere that basically would want me to go and wrestle, I would, uh, I would love it. Have you ever been international anywhere? Like, not wrestling, but just, like, in general? Like, have you ever toured outside, or, you know, vacationed or anything outside of the U.S.? Yeah, I went to, my brother used to be stationed in Germany um, when he was in the military, and I went to German, Germany for two weeks, and in that time period, we went to Switzerland, Austria, um, I feel like there was some place else, I rode, I got to ride on the back of a motorcycle through the Alps, it was, it was amazing, and I, I would go back to Germany just to vacation again, I loved it over there, and the beer was really good too. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a plus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, um, we're getting to the end of the interview. Where can fans find you on social media? And do you have any upcoming dates? Um, I am on pretty much every form of social media. I would say I probably use Twitter and Instagram the most. I'm just on there as Angelus Lane, which is A-N-G-E-L-U-S-L-A-Y-N-E. Um, Twitter, Instagram, if you want to follow me on Snapchat, I post a bunch of pictures of my dogs and tattoos that I get done. Um, Instagram is wrestling pictures and my dogs mostly. I have a Facebook page. When I remember to update it, it gets updated. Um, as far as upcoming dates go, uh, I have to actually look at the calendar here. <laughs> so this upcoming weekend on the 24th, I am in Ottawa, Ohio for war wrestling um, at the Putnam County, County Fairgrounds. And then on the 25th, I am in Lafayette, Indiana for the Dynamite Cup. I'm in the Noli Rumble, which is literally a wrestling rumble that's being booked by a toddler, which is pretty cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that is a lot of fun. The man, the 14th of July, I'm back at Nova Pro to cause more havoc and destruction. So that'll be a good time. And right now, I feel like that's all That's all the upcoming dates I can remember off my head. Again, if you follow me on social media, I always tweet about where I'm going to be or where you can catch me. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview. It's been so much fun. I've had a blast. Thank you so much for having me. I was so excited when you asked me. Yes. <laughs> well, after saying you lied, we have to. <laughs> oh, awesome. Thank you. Thanks again.